foothills of the Rocky Mountains and on the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 region. Broadcasting from the University of Calgary campus station, you are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM.
That's the fifth dimension with Age of Aquarius slash Let the Sun Shine In from the Age of Aquarius. I actually didn't even think about the fact that we're in Aquarius season. Anyways, this is the High Priestess. My name is Rachel, and I'm joined by a special guest today, my friend Noah. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks I'm, for being here. I'm super happy to be back. I was here a few months ago, I think it was at this point. Yeah, in December, Sagittarius season. Yeah, for Sagittarius season. Um, and we had a great time. We did, yeah. We both love astrology. We do. And... uh yeah, I'm really excited because today we're going to be talking to you about the houses. And I know, Noah, you are like pretty um, well versed in this, at least more like you have a better understanding of the houses than I do. Yeah, so this is going to be really exciting to talk about. <laughs> I, I, I'm slightly ashamed to say that it was my COVID lockdown activity was hyperfixation yeah just hyperfixating on astrology and like trying to figure out like all right what is this (laughs) what is this thing i hear about and how does it work that's so fair honestly i like i have to keep it real with myself like is it my narcissism that drives my interest in astrology because like if i can like if i can understand my life in a deeper way and what i'm going through i'm like yes i'll read more i'll read about the houses i'll read about which planets and which which tell me more there's actually a therapist i follow on instagram who said people who um people who are into astrology apparently like have a higher likelihood of having narcissistic tendencies now i'm not here to like bash us or anything but it was really funny because at the and he's like, but I am going to drop my chart. And he was like an Aquarius sun, Aquarius Mercury. I'm like, of course you have this viewpoint. That's kind of interesting because recently I've been hearing about somebody who has like a private clinic and they do counseling, therapy, and they were integrating astrology into that for people who also had an interest. So okay. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, uh, you're like low-key giving like a birth chart reading, but like doing uh, But then you're psychoanalyzing. The <laughs> I like that though. Because honestly, like, and, and you know, less joking aside about like me being narcissistic or something, like astrology is a tool to understand yourself just like therapy is. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to therapize you guys today. Um, if you want to text into the booth, 403-220-3991 is the number. But yes, we are going to talk about the houses. And I played the Age of Aquarius because he says when the moon's in, or they say, I should say, because there's multiple people, when the moon's in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, I'm like, okay, it's in the house of Libra. I'm like, should we <laughs> analyze that? No, um, but we're going to, if you aren't, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're going to explain to you what the houses are and we're going to go through houses one through six throughout the show today to kind of just tell you what 
uh, each house's theme is. But before I get into that, I will talk about what are the houses in astrology. The houses are an essential aspect of understanding natal charts and day-to-day astrology. One of my favorite books that I always reference on this show, The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need by Joanna Martine Wolfolk, says that the concept of the houses actually came from Babylonian astrologers who believed life could be kind of divided into 12 categories. So the houses represent a different category or area of our lives. So there's like a house of friendship, there's a house of higher education, there's a house that governs relationships, and another that represents the self. And there's so much more, which we'll get into. Um, Visually, if you're looking at your natal chart, the houses are the 12 slices of pie that make up the entire circle of your natal chart. Um, Yeah, every house is ruled by one of the 12 zodiac signs and that sign's ruling planet. So the ruling sign and planet govern the themes of that house. So if you are already familiar with like the basics of astrology, like you know that Aries is kind of like, like I don't want to say self-centered, but they're they're kind of the sign of the self and like um, versus like Libra, who's a bit more like relationship oriented. When you see the houses, it'll kind of make sense to you why. Well, this is why the house uh, that rules Taurus is about assets because, you know, Taurus is like it kind of known as a sign that gathers things and stuff. So mm-hmm. you'll kind of get it as we go along. So the f- just to kind of give you a primer before we really get into it, the first house is ruled by Aries and Mars. The second house is ruled by Taurus and Venus. The third house is ruled by Gemini and Mercury and so on. It goes in the order of the Zodiac. Do you have yeah. anything to add that I've said so far? No, I think you did a really good job of introducing that whole concept because I know it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. It when, is. When you're considering it with all the different signs um, and just in the order of the zodiacs taking place. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I think somebody else might have mentioned this in like a YouTube video or a podcast or something about astrology, mm-hmm. but they were talking about how. Um, like the zodiac signs came to be, and how Aries was like very like bold and like uh, coming out like guns blazing, yeah. like you know, like mm-hmm. very um, like charismatic and fiery. I mean, it is a f- Aries is a fire sign, yeah. Um, and then it progresses through the zodiac signs mm-hmm. all the way to Pisces at the end, mm-hmm. which is a very watery and like dreamy planet, which yeah. also represents the 12th house, which yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. That's <laughs> next week's episode, the 12th house. But yeah. that is like, it does really fit with those themes of like dreams and um, like things that are unknown to us. And, Definitely. You know, so I, I feel like there is... Um, a lot that makes more sense as you kind of dive into it to understand like which houses are ruled by certain signs and I think you did a really good job of just introducing the basic concepts so Definitely. far. Definitely. Actually, what you said also made me think of I once had a friend tell me and I don't know if this is true or not or if, if you've heard this but like that the zodiac you can think of as ages. So Aries is a baby kind of like or like maybe like yeah, a young child screaming. Yeah, yeah. And then it and again like progresses all the way until like Pisces and you know if you meet like a really really old person who's like you know they know death is coming soon like maybe there's a bit more of a dreaminess there and a little bit more like if i always think of um what's that thing called when uh end of life visions you know when someone's dying and like they say oh like my mother visited me last night and then they die a few days later like that really makes me think of the of pisces and stuff but i also thought about we were talking before um coming here on the mic and you were saying how 
the second half of like the houses, the the themes start to get a little bit more complex and juicy. And if you think about like aging, like, you know, life starts to become a little bit more complex. It's not just about like the things you own or like your brother and your sister, which like we'll get into those themes, but it's like about like mental institutions and prison and sex yeah. and like, yeah, all those kinds of things. So, yeah. And uh, I think we'll get into that too when we're talking about polarities as well, which mm-hmm. for anybody who has, who doesn't, um, heard of that term before, bipolarity, we're referring to the opposite house from, mm-hmm. um, from one sign. Mm-hmm. So, um, you might have like Taurus, mm-hmm. which rules the second house. Mm-hmm is a polarity with the eighth house, which Mm -hmm. is ruled by Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll get into, like, the details of what all those houses mean, but I think it's interesting, too, how one polarity can be a lot more focused on the self, and Mm -hmm. then the opposing end of that will be, like, the opposite. Like Like other people. Yeah, yeah. if if it's your your house of finances, Mm -hmm. the polarity would be, like, other people's finances. Yeah, like inheritance and stuff. Yeah, like other people's money, but that still relates to you and can Mm -hmm. have an impact on your life, right? Yeah, but it's it's on the axis. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, if you you have been following the astrology series that I was doing last year, I also talked about polarities with the concept of signs as polarities, which you were talking about, which is like Taurus's polarity is Scorpio. But yeah, then when we're talking about the houses, it's like... um, that would be second and eighth house, you were saying, right? Yeah. Okay, so great. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, there's a lot of layers <laughs> to it. Don't worry if you don't understand it. First, we're going to try and keep things as simple as possible, but I am going to now complicate things a bit. So the the Zodiac, or sorry, the natal chart is split into 12 houses. Each of those houses is ruled by one of the Zodiac signs. It's starting with Aries rules the first house, and it goes in order, right? But... Your rising sign determines which sign each house sits in. So although the first house is ruled by Aries and like the themes of the first house are governed by Aries, the first house of your natal chart will sit, well, it might sit in a different sign unless your ascendant is Aries, then you don't have to be confused, I guess. Mm. Um, For example, the first house of my natal chart, me, Rachel, is in Sagittarius because my ascendant or rising sign is in Sagittarius. So that means that my second house is in Capricorn. My third house is in Aquarius. My fourth house is in Pisces. So for clarity, if we're just focusing on the fact that my first house is in Sagittarius, that means the themes of the house are still ruled by Aries. Um, So first house themes are the self, what we desire in life, how we go about pursuing those desires. But those themes of the self are then filtered through the lens of Sagittarius and its ruling planet Jupiter. So then what would your first house be? So my first house or my ascendant or rising sign is in Cancer. So like you were just saying, those themes become filtered. The first house themes become filtered through the lens of a Cancer. Mm -hmm. But it's still very much an Aries ruled house that is Mm -hmm. very, you know, bold and expressive and putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. But it's done so through 
um, the lens of a cancer and yeah. it holds more of those traits. That's interesting. Like, do you like actually? I'm 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 wanting to ask you this for maybe clarity for listeners and stuff. But like, I'm thinking about you know if my first house is in Sagittarius and like maybe how I see myself or you know we're I again <laughs> we're gonna get into this, but. Um, mannerisms and stuff or I don't know if that's the, what I'm looking for but like you know Sagittarius is a sign of like exploration and travel and like expanding your horizons and maybe that's like my life's purpose as as a person or self is like it's governed by that maybe uh, and then like would you say for you maybe are you maybe sometimes like looking out for other people a little more than you think you should or I don't know I'm trying to think about the lens of cancer and like what cancer represents Do, is that making sense yeah yeah, yeah I think so and with cancer, I've I always hear about the crab and how it has this like hard outer shell, but then on the inside it's like really soft and mm-hmm. like warm. But I do feel like upon first meeting with a lot of people, I do have that like hard outer shell. Yeah. That it's, like, the protective mechanism for cancers. Absolutely. Um, but that it comes across more in like my um and people's first meeting me because Definitely. with the first house or the house that rules your ascendant or rising sign, one of the things about the first house is that um, it's what people first see when they meet you. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much, um, I think I heard somebody say once, it's like what somebody would think if you were like at the grocery store talking to the cashier. Oh, like their be, impression of you. Yeah, they would you would kind of be showing your your rising sign mm-hmm. and and that's ruled by your first house and the natal chart. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, cuz then if we're going back to Sagittarius and like I think I am kind of like I give off golden retriever vibes, I think when I'm <laughs> meeting new people. Um and like I can be very open. I feel very comfortable meeting new people and stuff. So, yeah, just to kind of give you give you listeners like a picture of like, you know, you got the hard exterior maybe people see that first but they're not seeing the full picture because yeah like cancer can kind of keep it close to the chest until yeah yeah and then Sagittarius can be a little bit more like cosmopolitan and like but I mean you are a Sagittarius too so if you're confused about that (laughs) I don't know what to tell you but yeah um that's your primer to the houses I'm gonna play the first uh song in our in my playlist um yeah kind of playing some oldies today uh this song is called When I First Fell in Love by Dixie Lee Innes, and she's actually, she was or is from Calgary. I'm not sure if she's still alive, but yeah, here you go.
Calgary legend. Calgary legend Dixie Lee Innes uh, singing When I First Fell in Love. Welcome back to the High Priestess. I'm joined by my good friend Noah. Hello, hello. We're talking about the houses in astrology um, in your birth chart. I don't know how to say that without sounding like... Anyways, we before we so we're gonna now get into we're gonna talk about each uh well we're talk, we're gonna talk about houses one through six, mm-hmm. um but we wanted to reiterate that if you're confused about what we're talking about when we're talking about the houses if you look up your birth chart like you'll see a circle mm-hmm. it's split into twelve slices of pie when we're talking about a house it's just one of those slices of pie yeah 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 okay. Okay, let's get into it. First house. So we were touching on this a little bit. The first house is ruled by Aries uh, and the planet Mars. Mm -hmm. But it is unique to your own natal chart. So Rachel is a Sagittarius rising, meaning that her first house is in Sagittarius. Yes. I'm a Cancer rising, so my first house would be in Cancer. Yes. Yeah, so... That's what you're filtering it through when you're looking at your natal chart. So if you're looking at your natal chart right now and it says like Capricorn in the first house, yeah. that's just because your rising sign is Capricorn. Um, but yeah, the house itself and its themes are ruled by Aries. Yeah. So the first house represents the outer self, your physical appearance and body, the ways that others can physically see, uh, sorry, what others physically see about us and like what we kind of embody. Mm-hmm. It's the self. Our personality can also kind of govern introspection. Um, first impressions uh, are going to be affected by which sign is uh, like. So, yeah, first impressions like we were kind of talking about this already. Like mm-hmm. your first impressions are going to be governed by the fact that your first house is in Cancer and mine by Sagittarius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find that with your first house being in Sagittarius, which is traditionally like a very like outgoing sign that you attract those types of people into your life? Like other outgoing types? Yeah, like people might come up to you who are like uh, more like 
outgoing, confident, like louder. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sure I I attract a lot of loud people. I'm thinking of some of my friends right now. But honestly, I feel like I attract like I I, like I I don't want to sound like I'm uh, what's it called tooting my own horn or whatever. Uh, I do feel like I make friends pretty easily and I connect with people pretty quickly. Uh, I sometimes kind of take pride in being a bit of like a an introvert whisperer. Like I feel like I've made some friends where I'm like, you clearly hate people, but like you can tolerate me for a little bit. <laughs> like maybe not forever. But um, yeah, I would definitely say that uh, I think it has served me well in life with like meeting people and connecting with people. I find it it helps. So yeah, okay. the, sad, the sad rising helps. And I do have friends that are also sad risings. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because you're super funny and charming and everyone loves <laughs> you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How about you? Like with a cancer rising? Who? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think I, maybe people misunderstand you a bit at first because they think they're seeing something, but they're maybe not seeing the full picture? Y- perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that it's always like, it'd be interesting to meet yourself through the eyes of another person. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Me looking is... at my own Instagram feed through the eyes of someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the ultimate being perceived. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like literally. Well, yeah. Well, um, and yeah, like the first house rules, your mannerism, style, disposition, temperament. So yeah, imagine like, a lot, imagine seeing the things you do all the time. Yeah. You're like, stop doing that. Stop <laughs> rolling your eyes when that happens or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting because as a cancer rising, I feel like friendships take a little bit more work with like wanting to kind of like uh like small talk is not necessarily like my strongest suit yeah but it's like like when somebody comes to me and it like uh, needs to talk or like something like that i feel like then i kind of thrive a little bit more yeah and to just like in my field of work too i'm like used to those kinds of like heavier conversations and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And also in your line of work, though, it probably helps to have a bit of that shell as well, I bet, because, like, maybe some boundaries, but then also, yeah, being able to have those deeper, more emotional conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel like it, it's it can be a blessing and a curse, but I could probably say that about any rising sign. Yeah, you definitely. Know? It's like there's always pros and cons, too, about any zodiac sign absolutely yeah you know i'm just gonna blame my sad rising for like social burnout i can like i have a pretty big social battery but yeah i think sometimes i stretch myself a little thin because i just want (laughs) to see all the homies um yeah so like we were saying the first house is where your ascendant or rising sign sits and we were talking about polarities before Mm. the song the musical break so the polarity of the first house would be the seventh house of relationships and marriage. So when we're talking about the first house, we're talking about the self, personality, introspection, mannerisms. When we're talking about the seventh house, it's relationships and marriage. So this is kind of what you're talking about with um, how the polarities, it's like one is a little bit more self-oriented and one is mm-hmm. more about, uh, well, I guess in this case, it'd be your relationships with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too much into the seventh house because I feel like next week when you go through houses seven mm-hmm. through 12, mm-hmm. you'll get like the full deep dive of the seventh house. Mm-hmm. But it very much is when we're talking about polarities, like one half of it being more about you and the self and then the opposite is like the others and like a more macro approach to the others but that mm-hmm. it can still have an, that they still have an important 
role in your own life and Mm -hmm. experience. Definitely. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the second house. So the second house, second slice of pie is ruled by Taurus and Venus. Ooh. I'm a Taurus. Okay. Um, va- so this is about values um, in terms of finance, income, material possessions, priorities, and how you acquire and utilize your resources in life because Taurus is the sign of possessions. Um, it represents profits, acquisitions, uh, possessions again, <laughs> um, like physical things you own. And it also... Um, Again, like if we're talking about uh, which sign rules your second house or like which I guess which sign your second house is in, that's going to determine um, your relationship to your material possessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm like thinking deeply because I'm like second house. My second house is in uh, Capricorn and I'm like, okay, right. Maybe a little bit of a pragmatic approach. I don't know if I do like anyways. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get too into that, but yeah. Just something to think about. Some food for thought. Food for thought. Yeah. So uh, for me, that would be Leo. Yeah. Because Cancer's after Leo. So mm-hmm. it's following the the order of the signs. Mm-hmm. For you, Sagittarius. The next one would be Capricorn. Capricorn. And then, yeah, Leo per, like follows Cancer. So, yeah, your second house is in Leo. So, hmm. Yeah, that's interesting to be thinking about, like, the second house values and, like, material possessions. Mm-hmm. and um, that kind of thing through like a Leo lens. I'm like, huh, I don't know. Yeah, hmm. like I'm just, I'm trying to think about Leo and possessions. Like, is it is it using possessions to like like present yourself a certain way or like uh, like I don't know what would I don't I'm trying to think. But um, I don't know for Leo. I think. Hmm. That's a hard one. Yeah. I I don't know. I haven't really thought about, like... (laughs) Honestly, it's okay because I feel like for some of these houses, I'm like, I have no idea how that impacts that. I don't... Do you think you take a a Capricorn approach to matters of, like, values and finances and, like, material possessions? Well, I like, I feel like, you know, I feel like I have the Taurus quality of, like... My physical possessions, depending on what we're talking about, like they are important to me. Right. But I do feel like every piece of uh, everything I own that I've, especially things that I've put a lot of money into, like I feel like there's a, I like really like, like I have a big, I have, I get a lot of utility out of it. Like, uh, Mm. like for example, like my bike, that would be like a really prized possession for me. But like that's because like it helps me get around and I can exercise and like, you know what I mean? Or, right. Um, or like you know i have like musical instruments and stuff and like with capricorn i don't know why you were you were talking about that and then the word like durable came to mind like oh yeah do you think that it's like if say like you're buying a bike that you would buy like a bike that you know is like good quality that you don't want to have to be a hundred percent going to repair it time after time yeah i i definitely and um, part of this is also just like i think how i was raised like my dad always says like um you always it's better to spend a little bit more on something and like have it last a long time than to buy like the cheapest one and have it like have to throw it out constantly i definitely take that approach to my material possession so i I look for that longevity for sure Mm, interesting sounds very capricornian capricornian (laughs) okay i am gonna keep moving along here because we are actually already halfway through the show which is crazy oh my gosh um yeah let's listen to today by jefferson airplane
Welcome back. You're tuned into the High Priestess. That's today by Jefferson Airplane from Surrealistic Pillow. You're tuned into the the, the houses show of the <laughs> High Priestess. I'm here with my friend Noah. We're Hello. talking about the houses in astrology. Yeah, yeah. The houses part one. The houses part. Yeah, we're not going to get through all of them. Um, okay, so third house is what we're talking about now. The third slice of pie. I am going to expose myself a little bit. Okay. The third house is my least favorite astrological house. Okay, interesting. I don't even have them ranked yet. <laughs> What's your favorite? Oh. I think 12. I like kind of like the mystique of 12. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I love... I think I've mentioned this already like three times in this episode, but I'm like, it rules like mental illness or something. I'm like, that's so crazy. Right now, I'm kind of like eating up the ninth house. Okay. What's the ninth? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've got to look here at my notes. Ninth house. It's ruled by Sagittarius. Okay, Sagittarius. Uh, I, I might have to take that back now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, it's like religion, spirituality. Okay, I'm not going to get too into that because we do have to talk about the third house with you guys. We do. But um, I just thought it was interesting that you have them ranked. Okay, le- this is your least favorite house. 
Yeah, pers- personally. Personally, it I'm might sure, be it might be your favorite. Yeah, I'm sure there is somebody out there who's like, "How dare you say that?" How dare you house. hate on cars and planes and trains and automobiles? <laughs> okay, yeah. So, the third house is ruled by Gemini and Mercury. It rules uh, education, writing, siblings, um, communication, uh, knowledge. Those are really, really like mercurial themes, like because mm-hmm. uh, that's the planet of cu- communication, especially like day to day communication. Yeah, self expression, family ties, daily travel. So we're talking about like your commute. Mm-hmm. Um, this wouldn't be long distance travel, which is actually what uh, your favorite house rules, right? Yeah, I also heard that the third house can be short distance travel too. So like, like a weekend trip. That's just oh, like, that would be uh, third like, house yeah, travel because it's like not too far away, you know. Just okay, like a little like weekend getaway. I've heard can be like third house in comparison to like the ninth house, which is more like long distance. Like I'm going on a silent retreat in Thailand. Like okay. that's much more ninth house. Oh, okay, that's very interesting to hear. Okay, yeah. So short distance travel. So yeah, if you took a little weekend getaway for family, yeah, family. Day-long weekend. It was ruled by the third house. Also has to do with cars. Got to take your car to get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is kind of why people during Mercury retrogrades might say things like, uh, like, be careful driving to work. Or, like, I feel like there's been transits I've heard about, like, involving Mercury and, like, Gemini, where it's, like, you need to be careful uh, with your car. (laughs) That actually makes sense, though, because if this house, the third house, is ruled by Gemini and Mercury, when Mercury's going retrograde... The house is literally ruling those things, like yeah, like um, transportation, cars, mm-hmm. driving, travel. Like these are all things that you have to plan ahead for. Absolutely, like, and you have to be safe, like always. But like, yeah, yeah I think like the, the idea is like during a retrograde, maybe a little extra. Yeah. Um, third house also rules logic and memory. Early your earlier education, studying, learning. Um, it's a, the house of siblings, but also aunts, uncles, cousins, and neighbors. And then it's a its polarity is with your favorite house, which is um, the ninth house of travel, foreigners, wisdom, uh, belief systems, and religion, mm-hmm. which is ruled by Sagittarius and Jupiter. I was thinking too that like this house being the house of communication, when you were talking about like neighbors, aunts, uncles, cousins. I don't know why. It's like communication, I feel like, was a big theme mm-hmm. with all of those because some people might not see these people um, or talk with these people as much as, like, one's immediate family mm-hmm. or, um, like, close friends or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you see, like, your aunts and uncles and things like that, I feel like there is more of an emphasis on, like, talking with them and catching up and things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. And also, I like, yeah, if we're looking at siblings, it's like, especially if you look at, like, you know, when you're younger or even just, like, that you know your siblings so well, like, it's like you might, t- like, it, I feel like with any relationship where you know someone really well and you spend a lot of time with them, like, the conversations can kind of go more to those mundane things because, like, you know each other so well, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this sounded better in my head. Like, I had a train of thought with it, but, no, yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally following. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that um, when you do have really close relationships with people, mm-hmm. that, you know, 
communication is not so much of the emphasis. It's like other things. Yeah, it's not going to be like this like grandiose like heart to heart every time you talk with like your brother or your sister or like uh, your aunt. I mean, maybe like sometimes, but like especially I think if we're talking about extended family, perhaps. But yeah, it's it's more going to be like I don't know if you're a younger sibling. Like, why did you take my clothes? Or I don't know. I don't even have a sister. <laughs> like, I didn't really steal my brother's clothes too often. But um, yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to the fourth house. And I feel like that's a perfect kind of like tie-in too, from the third to the fourth house. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, childhood star. I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, the fourth house is ruled by Cancer and the Moon. Um, it relates to like you you were saying or referring to roots, childhood, family, hearth, and your father. This is a uh, that interpretation is from a book I have. It's called The Tarot. It's by Sylvie Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, it represents your home life at all stages of your life, which I think you wrote that in. I thought that was really interesting, um, which makes sense because cancer is a home body sign. It's really the sign that rules like your home life. Um, the fourth house uh, governs your relationship to your parents, your childhood home, your roots and ancestry, your heritage and your upbringing. And its polarity is with the 10th house, uh, which is private home life versus public. Oh, public reputation. Yeah, so with the fourth house... Oh, Capricorn, that makes sense, sorry. With the fourth house, we're seeing a lot of, um, like, the private sphere, which is, like, uh, the home, the family, Mm -hmm. and then the opposite on the axis would be the tenth house, which does rule, like, your career and public Public sphere, oh, that's... It kind of goes back to, like, that, like, self and then the other... Okay, I really like that. Like, let's let's do a political analysis of these houses. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, the cancer would rule the private sphere. That would make a lot of sense. Right. Um, I mean, I even just think of very traditional concepts of the private sphere, like a housewife uh, working at home. Like, that's, that's very cancer energy. And mm. actually, uh, that's funny because my grandma was probably, like, a bit of a traditional, like, housewife in, like, the 60s and 70s. Uh, and... She was a cancer. So. I was just about to ask, was she a cancer? She was a cancer. <laughs> and then, yeah, so it makes sense that it's polarity. Uh, the house on the opposite end of the pie, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is uh, Capricorn. And, yeah, Capricorn is kind of a little bit more concerned with, like, public status and things like that. So very interesting. Okay, I really like that polarity. Um, I am going to get into the next song here. This is Nina Nana by Anna E. Jamie.
esta mano no, narices ya no hay, el domingo vendrá, el amo me traerá, de nuevo hay fuego, más quema, por poco hay frío, de pronto he muerto, he muerto y sí. Welcome back. That was uh, Nina in oop, Nina Nana by Anna E. Jamie. You're tuned into the High Priestess. I'm here with my friend Noah. Hello. We're talking about the houses in astrology. Yes. Um, so let's get right into it. We're going to talk about the fifth house now. Mm-hmm. So the fifth house is ruled by Leo and the Sun. This house rules creativity, romance, and pleasure. I think you added the note about pleasure. It's really important that we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, various facets of the fifth house can result in pleasure or be a source of pleasure for many. Do you want to talk more about, like, what that means? I'm trying to think what was going through my head when when I was uh, writing about this. I house. mean, romance is pleasurable. Like, I think any falling in love is, like, is, like, an enjoyable experience. Creativity, okay. maybe yeah. maybe those. I, I'm, I, I'm just taking, I'm stabbing, like, uh, what's it called? I'm, it's a shot in the dark for me, but... I mean, fun, casual dating, casual sex, art, good fortune, entertainment, recreation, children, and, like, that all sounds, like, pleasure-related. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I think that's, like, pretty spot-on to where I was going with putting that little note in, so thank you for that. Yes. Um, yeah, that the fifth house, I think I have heard some astrologers refer to it as the house of pleasure, mm-hmm. but not to be confused with, like... The house of is it like, like intimacy, sex, death, which would probably rebirth. be the eighth house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, like think about pleasure, like yeah, maybe like more like um, like more like fun and enjoyment, yeah, yeah. enjoyable activities, um, not as serious as some of those other topics. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about just like like casual dating mm-hmm. not like a marriage like, which would be the seventh house yeah, yeah like a more serious kind of um house there mm-hmm. but this is just more like fun things in your life and things that just bring you a sense of pleasure yeah like like a long-term committed relationship could have romance in it but like 
yeah i also kind of wanted to say like some of these houses and like their themes remind me of tarot cards so just to like quickly rewind back to the fourth house it rules childhood and roots that really makes me think of the six of cups because that's very much the themes there this one reminds me of the sun which um i mean leo is ruled by the sun but the sun tarot card is not the card of leo strength is but on the sun card you'll see like a child on a horse in the sun and if you get the sun card it's like the best card to get it just means your life's about to get amazing and fun and so yeah this just makes me think of that card that's really fitting and i'm glad that you have like some of the tarot interpretations because personally i don't know very much about tarot Mm -hmm. um so i find it interesting to hear about that and just like compare what i've gathered from learning about astrology yeah totally there's and then there's like so much overlap so yeah, yeah. So this really makes me think of the Sun card. If you want to like look it up and see, then you kind of might get the vibe of what the fifth house represents. And its polarity is with the eleventh house of friends and partnerships, which is ruled by Aquarius and Saturn. Because yeah, I actually didn't know this until I did the Aquarius show. But Aquariuses make pretty good friends. I mean, I have Aquarius friends that I mm-hmm. love, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the eleventh house being the polarity to the fifth house. Um, both of those things generally do bring you pleasure. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to friends, that's something that you would associate with um, pleasurable and enjoyable experiences. Yeah, like hopefully in like good yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In good cases, I mm-hmm. mean, definitely I think that there probably are times that friendships can be a source of um I don't know, tension. Like maybe you, maybe your Saturn squares your fourth house or something or opposes it. Saturn in my 11th house. No! Yeah. (laughs) You got Uh, some lessons to learn in your friendships. It's been a battle. (laughs) It's been a battle. Saturn's, uh, if, um, like, we're obviously not touching on this too much, but, like, when we're talking about your birth chart and houses, like, Saturn, Saturn's there to teach you a lesson. Saturn's there to discipline you. Saturn's there to teach you, like, the hard lessons. But we won't get too much into that. I'm going to move along to the sixth house here. Astrology is uh, seriously, like, uh, the never-ending subject that you can just dive deeper and deeper into. Well, we were just talking about this, I think, uh, when we i don't know if we were on the mic or not but we were talking about how there's so many layers to understanding astrology and especially when it comes to birth charts like truly understanding them interpreting them is just basically a series of layers that you understand so like you understand what the 12 zodiac signs stand for then you understand that the 12 houses stand for something and then you understand that all like you know i think we're touching on the layers but yeah that so if you're also a little bit confused don't don't worry it's okay like it takes a while to learn like i'm saying i don't know as much about this as like you do as much as like an an actual professional astrologer knows so i think that you are not giving yourself enough credit stop (laughs) thank you i do really like the houses but honestly i feel like my goal this year is to like really get into it yeah Um, and i feel like it is one of those things too that it's kind of nice that you can kind of um take things with a grain of salt or dive deeper into um, certain pieces of astrology that Mm -hmm. you are more interested in Mm -hmm. um, in comparison to others, which is personally something that I really like about astrology is that Mm -hmm. I feel like you can kind of have a little bit more say in what you're interested in and what you're not. Like, yeah, I know I was you bashing can... on the third house. But like... <laughs> well, like, you can just, you can engage with it, like, as much as you please. But yeah. I'm just going to 
I'm going to go into the sixth house now because we are getting close to the end of the show. Okay. Um, okay, so the sixth house is ruled by Virgo and Mercury. So this rules your daily routines, your habits, work, illness, service slash labor, lifestyle, health and wellness, pets, uh, bad fortune, and public enemies. There's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. That feels It feels very Virgo, though. It's like habits, work, enemies. Like That, that just feels very <laughs> Virgo-coded. Yeah. Um, daily fortune and minor illnesses. And then, yeah, it's polarities with the 12th house of isolation, imprisonment, <laughs> adversity, and mysticism, which is uh, the house ruled by Pisces mm-hmm. uh, and Jupiter. Do you have any thoughts on the 6th house? Oh, the 6th house. I think, I think that polarity with the 12th house makes it a really interesting one um especially like the thing that stood out to me the most is the whole like public enemies Mm -hmm. and then the 12th house being like um hidden enemies yeah um where like i feel like the sixth house talking about like your day-to-day routines like your work uh, Mm -hmm. like that service and labor piece Mm -hmm. that it's like this could be talking just about a coworker you don't get along with. Yeah. Like, you know, just like, mm-hmm. you know, that's not like a hidden fact if like uh, you don't really like get along that well with somebody. But yeah. it's just like it's your day to day routine and uh, something that um, you're you're used to and just your day to day. Yeah. Actually, and to like build on what you're saying, too, like it kind of makes me think of uh, then like, yeah, the polarity with the 12th house with um, imprisonment, because I think about how like. Sorry, this is really going in. I was watching, like, A&E videos on YouTube about, like, killers. Um, But I was just thinking about, like, the kind of bond someone must share with someone they've committed a crime with because typically i feel like people kind of come out of that and they like especially if you go to prison for a long time like you hate that person that just feels very 12th house like it's like a very deep hatred versus like oh my coworker like never shuts up or something you talking about that kind of like gave me chills yeah well the the 12th house is a little bit creepy i think it is and that's not to like scare anybody who's just hearing about it for the first time because, you know, it's one piece of this whole pie that we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. all of these pieces work together to create your whole natal chart, your whole experience. Uh-huh. Um, but and I also, like, like, and a natal chart isn't, like, a sentence of, like, this is what your life's going to look like. It just no. kind of shows you, like, where certain pressure points are, maybe, and, like, how you can navigate it. I feel like Channing like Nicholas teens. talks about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, too, I feel like people oftentimes get a little bit nervous around. I hear the 12th house and the 8th house most often. Okay. People get a little bit nervous talking mm-hmm. about those ones. Yeah. And we'll get into it more in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the 12th house being in polarity with the 6th house, I think that's really interesting, too. Yes. But also, another thing that stood out to me is that this was um, relating to health wellness but also illness mm-hmm. um the 12th house is the house of endings too like mm-hmm. the 12th house i think could uh, i know like the 8th house they say rules death mm-hmm. but in a way i feel like the 12th house does too because it is mm-hmm. like the big ending of your yeah. life and it's well, like and illness can relate to that absolutely and again if we're talking about the zodiac as like ages like endings death 
those kinds of things absolutely i would love to keep talking about this but we are at the end of the show so i'm gonna have to wrap it up um first of all i want to say noah thank you so much for being on the show it's always a pleasure to have you oh so fun to come every time yes okay well if you want to follow along with what i'm talking about each week follow me on instagram at the high priestess.cjsw head to cjsw.com the apple podcast network or cjsw's app if you want to listen back to the show and hear us yap it was good yapping in my opinion so you should listen again you should um please stay tuned for cjsw originals which is coming up next and yes there's going to be a part two to this i i'm thinking i'm going to do it next week but we'll see so keep it locked to the instagram to find out but you should just tune in every week anyways i would love you if you did that again Noah, thank you so much for being here thank you for having me yeah okay well we're gonna finish off with a song by donnie and joe emerson this is called my heart thank you so much for tuning in CJSW Originals, featuring podcasts created by CJSW members, volunteers, programmers, and community members. For more original podcast series and to listen back to past episodes, go to cjsw.com and click on the podcast tab 
or go to the CJSW app and use the talk filter when you search.